Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food, fitness, and mental health come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on MTK, Meathead Test Kitchen. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where a bunch of shit happened, so we accidentally took a month off, but here we are to answer your burning questions and talk about shit. I'm Sasha. Holy shit, I'm Sadie. God damn, what a month. Fuck. <laughs> well, well, if you guys recall, uh, we recorded. There is an alien inside the roadcaster that we normally record on. So, like, the, the literally the whole back half of the episode was fucked. Like, it was all static. And there wasn't a chance to re-record that week. And then Sadie was sick. And then I was sick. And now here we are. Sasha sent me a picture of the fucking, like, so our wave file when we get done recording it. If you've done audio for long enough, you know what a healthy wave file looks like. She sent me a picture and didn't even have to say anything with it. And I was just like, fuck. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, son of a bitch. So uh, Phil and I got COVID. Phil has his appendix out now. Um, Sasha was sick, too. So hi, fuck. Here we are. What up? We're back. (laughs) (laughs) Heard Um, you missed us. You're back. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, we often like to troll on our fitness on Reddit and found some really good questions in there, but we haven't talked about this specifically before. So we're going to talk about that today. How the fuck do you know when you're not a noob in the gym anymore? I love, I love lurking our fitness because they do a thread on Mondays called moronic Monday. And that's where I plucked. This was from moronic Monday. And the irony is that it's not moronic at all. It's a really fucking Mm -hmm. good question. Um, and it's one that somehow in almost 130 episodes we haven't talked about yet. So you've heard us talk about a lot mastering the fundamentals. Um, it's a pyramid, you know, the one where you need a good base before you can start to build mm-hmm. the rest of that one, you know, because mm-hmm. they didn't build the pyramids in Egypt starting from the top down and went from the bottom up unless the aliens helped. And I don't know, that's neither here nor there. We're not a conspiracy theory podcast. <laughs> um, but it, this doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect at the fundamentals. Fuck, I'm still not perfect at some of the fundamentals. And I've been training for seven years, almost. Yeah. Like, there's shit that I do sometimes. I'm like, oh, that's fucking ugly. I need to need to fix that up a little bit. <laughs> but once you've mastered and feel comfortable in the movements that you're training with, it means that you don't have to be super concentrated on the movement itself. Um, and what I mean by that is you don't have to spend the entirety of doing the squat thinking about doing the squat. You're not giving yourself the cues anymore all the way through. It's like, okay, hip hinge, ass to grass, stand back up. Now, when you start that squat checklist is like 27 fucking things. It's your feet. It's your knees. It's your hips. It's your back. Like it's, it's a bunch of stuff. So once you have all of that shit nailed down, then you know that you're doing it with sound technical standards. Yeah, a hundred percent. Your technique doesn't break down because of fear of doing the movement incorrectly either. So like, sure, you're going to have some form breakdown. We've talked about this before, but if you're adding too much weight or in the instances where you're going for a one rep max, but it isn't because you aren't sound in the movement itself, because a lot of times I know when I first started lifting, my shit just looked atrocious because I was, I wasn't super confident in the movement itself. So like my squat, you know, I would be not even at parallel because I was scared that I wasn't doing it correctly. And I was, I wasn't sure exactly what the proper movement looked like. Right. Yeah. And the, the thing is like, 
when we talk about form breakdown and wonder maxes, we've talked about this before, but I'm going to touch on it again because it is an exception to the rule. And I want to make sure that we cover it. If someone hasn't listened to the podcast before, when you have breakdown in technique, when it comes to one rep max, that is an acceptable amount of breakdown. There is an acceptable percentage of fucking ugly that you're willing to have in that rep. When you pull a one rep max, see also fucking competitive power lifters. When they pull deadlifts, you bet your ass they're going to fucking arch their back, but they're doing it safely because they've done it before and they know how to do it safely. Mm -hmm. There is a difference. There is calculated form breakdown because of the load. And then there is form breakdown just because you don't have that skill set yet. Right. Completely different things are not at all even close to touching each other in the Venn diagram. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, but the methodology in which you're lifting doesn't actually have a bearing on whether or not you're still considered new. So you could be a CrossFitter, you could be a bodybuilder, you could be a powerlifter, but it is important to keep in mind that most fresh people in the gym usually do lack the conditioning required to benefit from those high volume loads in a single muscle per workout. Now, when the fucking bro dudes took us to war on TikTok, I don't know, like a year ago over this, yeah. everyone's like, oh, Mr. Olympia, blah, 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 blah. When we were fucking shooting down the meathead, like you do one body part a day. You don't have to do that. And actually, if you don't have a lot of training history, it doesn't fucking behoove you to do that. So fuck you exactly. to every guy that showed up in our fucking yard <laughs> on TikTok to be like, Mr. Olympia. Yeah, I fucking know Mr. Olympia. Mr. Olympia yeah. isn't going to the fucking Planet Fitness standing next to me in the fucking squat rack, bro. Get wrecked. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> also, bear in mind that the first month of working out, you're probably going to see quite a bit of muscle growth. Mm -hmm. We call those newbie gains. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You'll hear that a lot. You've probably heard it before, but that's what we're referencing because your body is, you know, under adaptation. So, whatever your programming looks like, you're also going to need to remember that you should be sticking with that for at least six to eight weeks, typically, before you're tweaking it at all. If you're not seeing the gains that you want, you have to stick with it and be fucking patient. It is a marathon, not a motherfucking sprint. And if you think a six to eight week cycle sucks, I got bad news for you, my love. If you get more advanced into your training, that six to eight week cycle is going to turn into a 12 or a 16 week cycle. They only get longer the more that you do this shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Olympic weightlifters are on fucking 16 week cycles. Generally, generally. Yeah. They're yeah. on a four month block. So like when we release our templates at meatheadathletics.com, this is why they are six, eight weeks long, because mm -hmm. that is the optimum amount of time that your body is going to respond to the stimuli before you decide whether or not you're going to have to up it up or, or up your weight or, you know, switch up right. your routine. Um, the noob gains are great. Oh, my God. The first time I felt my bicep pump, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Phil, I, Phil, I have biceps. Holy shit. This is amazing. <laughs> like it was the best, but like it, it, good things come, good things go. They're gone as fast as they got there. So, you know, use that as motivation because you are going to need the motivation at the beginning of your journey. Use yeah, that yeah. and fucking push that momentum forward. Now, when it talks, when we talk about training levels, we are going to break that down. Um, the standards are as follows. So you're considered untrained if you have not trained on the exercises before, but you can perform them correctly. So you're not a complete new beginner. You're just untrained. If you right. have a history of knowing how to like, so when Sasha and I started working out again, you know, eight, whatever fucking years ago that was, her and I have done sports before. We understand proper biomechanics for a lot of movements that you have to do in the, in the gym, but we hadn't done them in a long time. So we fell into that untrained category. That's usually yeah. zero to six months. Um, when we talk about novice, that's an individual that's trained regularly for up to several months. Now, I'm going to call several months up to two years. Um, and that yeah. can be six months to two years. Now, these are just broad strokes. Like, we're 
we're doing this for sake of time. We could get really fucking deep into this and it could be a three hour episode, but you don't fucking want that. <laughs> we don't have time for that. So we're just kind of going with broad strokes today. Remember, your mileage may vary. Exactly. As always, um, intermediate is an individual who's trained regularly for up to a couple of years. So if we're putting these in order, that would be somewhere in the two to five year range. Mm -hmm. Advanced is going to be an individual who's trained for multiple years. So you're looking at five plus and then elite is an athlete competing in strength sports. So keep in mind the standards standards we just mentioned do not represent the highest level of strength performance possible. Yes. So you could be an advanced athlete and translate into the elite position in that five to 10 year range. Elite athletes aren't necessarily elite just because they've been training for 10 plus years. Right. What makes them elite is the frequency and the level of competition that they are holding themselves at. That is what makes them elite. Their workouts alone don't necessarily, I mean, the weights that they're lifting are going to make them elite, but the workouts that they're doing, like when you strip it down to the most bare bones things, you're going to look at it and be like, I could fucking do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You probably could. <laughs> like, so so what are these benchmarks and why? So the first one we're going to talk about is the bench press. And someone's just fucking groaning right now because they hate the bench press. Because people that don't know how, that don't have great upper body strength, especially chest strength, fucking hate bench press and hate push-ups. Hello, I was one of those people. Same. I was not in the strong titty committee when I started my weightlifting journey. And I fucking hated push-ups. I used to have to do them on the Smith machine with the bar at an incline. That's how fucking terrible I was at them. Now I can rip off 25 in 30 seconds. Like, it's a progression. You'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but the bench press is one of the best indicators for your upper body strength, but it also is really good at demonstrating how your body is a system while you're lifting. And if you don't believe me on this, try doing a bench press with a leg injury and watch your fucking numbers go down. You need muscle engagement all the way from your feet to the floor, through your legs, through your ass, up your back in those shoulders behind your chest, through your head and into your arms. You need muscle engagement throughout your entire body for a proper rep with max load. Not my opinion, fucking science. Yep. (laughs) And if you don't believe us and want us to go further in depth, go back and check out the episode that we dedicated entirely to the bench press. Yep. Um, There are obviously going to be varieties of bench press, just like any other movement. Anything can be scaled. Anything can be done a little bit differently for your skill set. But um, some variety of bench press is going to be prescribed from day one for most people starting in a training program, Mm -hmm. whatever that may look like. It's because it's a very important movement. Your chest and your core do a lot of work more than you probably even realize. So TLDR, get used to loving the bench press, whatever that may look like. Yeah, exactly. You can do all kinds of movements to get better at bench press, all of those accessory movements that build up all of those muscles that are important. We we got to mention your shoulders because your shoulders need to be locked in. You're also going to need your back to be tight because you are pushing with your chest and your arms. You think that you, if you're having issues, because maybe at this point, wherever you're at in your journey, maybe the bar is heavy. You might have some, some um, wrist mobility things that you need to yep. work on. Yeah. And, and if you do have mobility issues and you can't necessarily right away go to, you know, the chest press machine, right. which is a great first place to start because they automatically kind of show you what your range of motion right. and what your grip is supposed to be. Um, if you have fleshy fun bags, you should be right at about nipple level. Yeah. For the dudes, pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have fleshy fun bags, either way, right about nipple height is where you want that bar to be. It's going to give or take depending on how tall you are, how long your arms are and you're, you know, your individual intricacies in your own body because we're all different. 
We're yeah. not all yeah. different, but we are all different. Exactly. Um, so like you, you just really got to remember that there are a lot of things that you can do to substitute that bench press. So if you can't do the machine right away, do a floor press with dumbbells mm -hmm. or do a banded floor press. That actually is really good too, because it pulls from behind. Yeah. So it also helps. It strengthens your chest because you're doing that push, but it's also really good at getting your back and your shoulders into the action too. So for sure, floor sure. press. if the bench press scares the shit out of you, start with a floor press. You can do it. Yeah. Um, Power clean is going to be the next moniker of things that we're going to be looking at as a benchmark. It tests your explosive power, pulling, athleticism, and full body strength. It's a very complete movement. It is. And it's one of our favorite. It's a complex movement mother or compound movement. Motherfucker, yeah, yeah. complex compound. They're the same fucking thing for the most part. If it's compound, it's probably complex to learn, even though people think they're super simple. Um, but people are going to argue and say that the power clean is too advanced for beginners. And I'm going to counter with this bullshit. Remember, you're graduating from beginner. If you have mastered the squat, adding the movements to make it a power clean really aren't that bad. So let's break it down. What is a power clean? Well, it's a deadlift into a shrug into a half front squat. I'm pretty sure that you can fucking handle all those things if you're moving into intermediate yeah. territory. So if you're not there yet, have this list of movements to polish. Make sure that your fucking deadlift is good. Make sure that you know how to do a shrug that doesn't involve doing this. Because this mm -hmm. isn't part of a fucking clean. This part where I see people do that on Instagram. Ugh, I, I, I'm not their coach. I'm not getting paid to be their coach. But Jesus Christ, does it make my fucking neck hurt? <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> Ugh, what are you doing? Why? That is not how squat looks. You're, you're like a squat or not a squat. Jesus, a shrug. A shrug should just literally be, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, I'm just shaking my shoulders up and down. That's what you should be doing with a shrug. Notice how my head and my neck don't fucking move. It's not this. Yeah. <laughs> you're not turning yourself into a gremlin. Um, but the front clean or the front power clean, Jesus Christ, my brain's all over the place today. Um, it's, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. It's a couple of movements in succession. And if you've been lifting for several months, I think you could be, you should be able to handle it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and nobody said that you have to use a barbell either. You, uh -huh. the total weight of the rep is what matters here, not the style of weight. So with power clean, you can do those with dumbbells, um, which is a really great scaling option. Um, if you need a tutorial, there's tons of them on YouTube, um, but you can always scale anything. Remember that. And the best substitution for a barbell are dumbbells. It's true. We did an episode completely about that as well many moons ago. Funky uh, Dumbbell we, Lovin', I believe, is what it was titled. Right, live from the garage, bitches. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can also do them with kettlebells. Kettlebell cleans are like an added level of difficulty, though. So if you've mastered the dumbbell clean and you're not quite ready for the barbell clean yet, try a kettlebell clean. You need two of them. They need to be the same weight, and you have to make sure you're not wearing your Apple Watch so you don't fucking smash it with your kettlebell. Yeah, I've gotten many a bruise on my wrist from those. Uh, the next the next thing uh, movement on the list is a front squat. Again, mastery. If you've nailed an air squat and a back squat, a squat squat you'll be good to go so if you want to graduate to these grab some dumbbells learn proper front rack holds and get to front squatting my favorite part about front squat is that it demonstrates how strong not only your lower body is but your upper body because mm -hmm. you need that good core strength and back strength in order to keep your elbows correct yeah so the way that the front squat works is you are my hand. Um, so this is the front of you. This is the back of you. This My knuckles are your ass. When you hold the weight on the front of you, you're putting it at a different spot 
than when it's on your back, obviously. Now you wouldn't think that that, you know, four or five inch span of difference would make all, all big of a deal, but it does. It completely fucking changes the movement. I like front squats more than I like back squats. I might get crucified for that, but I do. I like front squats because they helped me a lot with my posture, because if you want to do a good proper front squat, you have to fucking have a strong back and a very tight front rack. Mm -hmm. Um, And that means elbows are fucking 90 degrees or are parallel to the floor. Yes. Your, your arm is a straight line from the floor, 90 degrees off your body. And you need to make sure that that shit is held. And when I'm doing that right now, even without weight, I am bracing my entire fucking back. That is why I love the front squat. I used to have a very, very, very weak back. If you have a weak back, start doing front squats. As soon as you master the air squat, start with dumbbell. They will help your fucking posture a shit ton, a shit ton. Um, but it tests your core and shoulder strength. So you hold the, you know, I just said you hold it in front rack position. It has a stronger carryover to sports too, because in sports, you know, you're using more than one muscle group Mm -hmm. at a time. Usually, um, it's also really good for endurance. It's one of those sneaky ones where even if you don't do it at a high amount of weight, if you do it at a decent amount of reps, it's going to give you a really good fucking workout. Um, and a quick reminder, your personal history of injuries may dictate whether or not you can do some of these things. And like we said before, if that's the case, it's not a big deal. Either modify it or find another type of lift to use as a progress marker. If you can't do the front squat, if you can't do the power clean, if you can't do the bench press, it's not all for naught. You shouldn't say fuck it, scrap it and quit. Just find three other lifts that you want to train enough that you can use those to mark your progress. The thing that we're talking about here is that's important is marking your progress. If you're not logging your workouts, you're doing yourself a huge fucking disservice. Yeah. That's a topic for another day, maybe for next week, (laughs) but uh, you should be logging your workouts because that, if you're not, if you're not seeing the results in yourself, that's how you fucking see the results in the world. On paper that you've been putting the work in. Okay. So I don't think I'm a, a beginner anymore. Now what? Um, we could we could probably, and maybe we would, should, uh, go on for an hour or more about benchmark lifts like deadlift, back squat, and overhead press. You can certainly strive for progress with those lifts, but the power clean, bench press, and front, front squat are the best indicators. Why? Well, let's go into the numbers because we've reached the nerdy portion of the podcast. My non-existent they- glasses up today. <laughs> Let's push those up the nose. Where are my contacts? They can't do it right now. <laughs> um, they better help track progression because they're all compound lifts and they really test your strength from start to finish through the whole movement. So once you hit the one and a half times your body weight mark, then you can start to pick up some of your own benchmarks to use. Until then, try using these like we mentioned before. Yeah. So if you are a, so let's say, you know, you're a 160 pound human being. That means that once you get to a 240-pound squat, you can start kind of changing your rep schemes and doing some of these things mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. just mentioned. Um, get it? It's going to take you a little bit of time to get to a, to one and a half times your body weight. I mean, I I think my heaviest lifts before I got hurt were a 185 back squat and a 205 deadlift, and mm-hmm. that was at like 145 body weight. So that was kind of fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. Can I do it now? Absolutely not. I don't even know if I could get 135 pounds off the floor because I took such a long break to let my knee heal. Um, but I got full range of motion back in it now. So I'm going back to the gym <laughs> this week. Motherfuckers. Love it's it. really scary to work out when one of your knees doesn't unfold completely like the other one does. Things nobody warns you about when you go through like having surgery is how like that immobility that you have to give yourself, especially if you have a lower leg surgery or if you have a leg surgery, like you use your legs for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I, I was like several degrees behind on my left leg for months. And then the other day I was standing out in the kitchen and I like stretched my legs out all the way and my knees naturally hyperextend a little bit and I could feel them both lock into hyperextend. And I was like, oh, it's, yeah. ready. it's ready. It's ready. It's cooked. We're good. Let's go. Um, so, you know, now that you're a newly minted intermediate lifter, what do you fucking do? Well, you can lower the rep counts and start working on heavier lifts. If you need some inspiration, you can Google intermediate hypertrophy program and get to reading. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, we also just to you know promote ourselves a little bit. Um, you can also go to meatheadathletics.com. We have a beginner's template, an intermediate template, and an advanced template. So if you don't mm -hmm. find what you're looking for out on the World Wide Web, you can always go to meatheadathletics.com. Um, you can add another yeah. training day or two. Also, if you were doing a three day a week program, start with four days for a couple months, and if yeah. you are wanting to challenge yourself a little bit more, add in a fifth day if you want more. Um, start learning more complex movements. This may require to get the help of a coach, um, but the good thing about that is that you may know one of those. Um, you can go to meetheadathletics.com again. Um, always remember that if you need help being shot in the right direction, you can always email us at hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. We're always available on social. Also, we're at meathead. Um, test kitchen everywhere except for twitter where we're at mtk staff but we there that's always a resource as well yeah don't be afraid to shoot us an email um i'm kind of like on an instagram hiatus right now but i still come in and check our dms every now and then but if you really want to get a quick answer from me specifically send us an email hello at me head it goes right to my phone um but remember your mileage may vary we used broad brush examples for the sake of not being here for two hours today. And I'm going to fully own that because I don't care. Again, we don't need a three hour podcast about, are you still a beginner? Nobody wants to fucking listen to that. You don't got, ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> shit. So if you can't do one of those movements we mentioned for whatever reason, again, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not shitty. You're not lost. Like there's, you're good. There was so much stuff that I had to modify before my body could do it properly and then I could adapt it into things like yeah. pull up, um push-ups I did a fuck I did modified push-ups for I think like two years like don't yeah. feel bad that you need to modify shit when we say you like when we say you don't know what you don't know it's the same fucking thing you don't know what you don't know your body hasn't learned it yet that doesn't mean that you shouldn't even fucking try it just means exactly. that you got a little bit of work to do before you can get fucking running um and not everyone's gonna fit into a generic box like we mentioned above that's okay adapt and keep moving that's the name of the game yep um make sure that you check out the website meatheadtestkitchen.com uh, again like we said you can email us you can get programming you can yell for no reason whatsoever other than to get it out of your body hey man you need to scream into the void we fucking got you i feel that <laughs> uh -huh. make sure that you're fucking nice to each other damn yeah. it be nice. And I don't know if anybody told you today, but your outfit looks great. Meathead Test Kitchen, out. Join Sadie and Sasha every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. A Herd at Sports Network production.